Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Cybersecurity. Is that something you know very much about? Is it something you think about? Well, you should. We're going to talk about some of the various areas where we're vulnerable small businesses, for personal use, for our home office, and particularly with so many people working from home these days, brings up all kinds of interesting questions. And we're going to direct those questions to my guest today, Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Kelvin, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Shirley, great to be with you today. Thank you. Um, Now, you all have an interesting organization. You're doing a lot of stuff in a lot of different areas. And before we went on the air, you were talking about a push that you're doing to get recognition for a project that you're particularly concerned about. You want to give us a little update on that? Yeah, thank you very much, Shirley. You know, the National Cybersecurity Alliance, uh, we are the model public-private partnership convener, right? And and, and what does that mean? I mean, we bring together private sector, uh, specifically 30 companies on our board that represents about 7.3 7.3 trillion, that's what it's a trillion dollars of market cap um, in the world. And, and also we work very closely with government. For years now, Shirley, we've been talking about cybersecurity and you have certainly uh, been a great you know, supporter in, in that area, uh, but we haven't had a sort of rallying symbol, right? Literally a symbol, a logo uh, that we can look at and say, ah, that's cybersecurity. So working uh, this year with our board and with the uh, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, we created a, 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 a very nice blue shield that now represents uh, cybersecurity and, and particularly Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And your listeners you know, can't see it, but I'd love to uh, get it to you and, and maybe we can uh, tweet it out so everyone can start to rally around uh, that symbol as we think about cybersecurity. Okay, now where is this symbol going to be appearing? Is it going to be where? I mean, how do how do you... Um, how does this become something that I recognize and, and what, how would I use it? Yeah, so, so that's a very good question. And we're actually uh, building a plane as we fly it type thing. In other words, we, we came up with this great symbol right before, well, not right before, uh, before Cybersecurity Awareness Month in October. And then we put out guidance to our member companies, right? Uh, the 30 companies that are on our board. And here's how you use this symbol. And here's where we would use it at. If you're using a Cybersecurity Awareness Program, it's a great opportunity to put it there. Uh, during Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we branded all of our material with it on our social media platforms. Uh, so we're actually developing uh, the user protocol now, and that should be out, I, I would say, early February for everyone to then be able to know exactly how to use it, when and where. So we're just giving people a heads up that this is going to be coming down the road. It's something that will be useful to consumers and telling them that companies are subscribing to the theories behind the Blue Shield, and that is offering protection to consumers for uh, against being raided online, if you want to use the word. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, Kelvin, there was an interesting thing happened this morning. I got a call from our credit card company, and this is a little bit different issue, but I got a call from our credit card company, and they were questioning some charges on our credit card. And sure enough, you go to the website of the credit card company and there are these charges that don't belong to us. Matter <laughs> of fact, some 
smart soul was using our credit card to buy tickets to the uh, Del Mar. I think it's a De there's a um, Delaware lottery, and they oh. spent several hundred dollars, uh, three times, on lottery tickets. Now, my question to them is, if if it wins, do I get a share? You know. <laughs> But, but what's what's That's so scary? About, what's so scary about that, uh, Kelvin, is that this happens so easily, and you don't even know it. And thank goodness the credit card company and the bank, particularly the bank, was on top of this and called us to let us know so we get back to them, and you know we get the charges removed. But this is just an insidious little tip of the iceberg kind of thing that's really going on, isn't it? I, I, you're, you're absolutely right, uh, uh, Shirley. And, and think about a small business uh, that has to go through that. And, you know, uh, buying a couple hundred dollars worth of lottery tickets is obviously a, a big headache for you. And I get it. Um, and think about, a, a, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars, even into the millions that happens with uh, small and medium sized businesses, because perhaps they were taken advantage of or some bad actor was able to exploit a vulnerability with that community. Uh, which is why at the National Cybersecurity Alliance, we have an entire portfolio dedicated to small and medium-sized businesses, Shirley. Uh, we call it our Cybersecurity My Business uh, program. And, and of course, we don't, we believe in being force multipliers at the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Uh, we're not the biggest organization in the world, uh, but we have some great relationships with, uh, like I said, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure, infrastructure Security Agency, the Small mm -hmm. Business Administration, uh, Department of Commerce and other folks where we talk to small and medium-sized businesses on how they can help mitigate and, and certainly manage that risk. Uh, so while I certainly, you know, feel bad that you had to go through that, um, I also think about those small and medium-sized businesses who are losing entire payrolls because of this issue. Yeah, because they, they can be, some, and right now, particularly, I think so many of our small businesses are just teetering on the edge. And unfortunately, a number of them have gone out of business just because they don't have any business with the, the lockdown that we've been experiencing for the last, what, God, it seems like the last six years, but yeah. uh, the last nine months. And anyway, I saw your program and that looked very uh, interesting to me because Call for Action has really been on the forefront of identifying frauds that, that uh, target small businesses. We've done a lot of education and we often refer to, to the small businesses as our forgotten consumers. So we have a, a lot of interest in that and I was very interested in what I saw in your program. So tell me how you would advise people uh, to go about protecting themselves. Let's talk about the individual right now. Um, how do they protect themselves? I mean, we have now we have a, such an influx of devices coming into our homes, everything from doorbells to smart refrigerators to controls over our, um, our house, our lighting, our electricity, everything that goes on, we, they're called smart homes or the internet of things, I think the, the, the phrase is right now. But the, the, the issue to me is how do you make sure that all of this exposure which is going out over the internet. It's not some crook sitting out there saying, oh, goody, I look what Shirley's doing today. We're gonna to take advantage of that. So anyway, it, to me, it just kind of boggles my mind what is happening in terms of our exposure. Now, before you give me that answer, I'm going to give us a small break 
because okay. I know that's a big answer, Calvin. Right. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm really, I really want to hear your thoughts on how we go about doing this. Uh, let me just tell our listeners they are tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. And I believe there, your website is what? Stay safe online, Kelvin? That's exactly right, Shirley. Stay safe, stay safe online.org. Dot org. Yep. You're a nonprofit. You're, you're out there doing good work. Okay. Go back to my question about how do you protect yourself? Keep it simple. I, I'm a, a country boy from uh, Blair, South Carolina. And I tell you what, I uh, grew up knowing that uh, the best effectiveness is probably efficiency. And by that, what I mean is that, yeah, there are some extraordinarily complex and high-tech ways and methodologies that bad actors are taking advantage of, uh, like password spraying or, or, or brute force login attempts. But we can actually uh, deter a lot of this by rather low-tech countermeasures, Shirley like ensuring that entities keep sensitive material password protected. And, and so that's off the bat, one thing you could do right away, right? Make sure that uh, folks are using uh, robust and unique passwords. Passwords are still very effective and, and the low hanging fruit answer uh, to these things. So we'd still remind people that passwords are very, very effective. Another thing they could do, Shirley, is make sure that they are taking advantage of multi-factor authentication. Uh, if passwords, you look at it like a secure door, if the password is the lock on the actual door, think about multi-factor authentication as the uh, deadbolt, right? It just makes it that much more challenging. Just another step, sure. Yeah, it's another step, but a, another uh, a very useful step because it causes the bad actors to have to go through you know, another step in their efforts to get to you. And bad actors like, like you know, all of them, right? Uh, they yes. want high reward, low risk, and they don't want to put a lot of energy into that. And so if you have a robust password, if you have a multi-factor authentication, and very lastly, Shirley, I would say, uh, update, your vice, update your devices, right? Uh, it's amazing how vulnerable an unpatched device is. If you just do those three things, keep your devices patched with the latest security protocols, make sure you're using multi-factor authentication where you can, and using a robust password, um, we could easily um, uh, decrease the number of successful attacks that we see out there by those three simple things. You know, I, I read something in the paper this morning that was talking about the vulnerabilities um, and how easy it is for hackers to get in. And I think perhaps they were particularly referring to apps that use open source code in developing and everybody knows what that code is and it makes it more vulnerable to hackers. Is that something you all address at all? Not specifically open source because I think our advice, uh, particularly what I just shared with you, right? Um, yeah. The advice I share for you, your question was about individuals and uh, right. appropriately so. And when we talk about small and medium-sized businesses, Guess what, Shirley? My advice is going to be the same in terms of the top three yeah. things small and medium sized okay. can do. When we talk about um, large corporations, right, uh, they are, are enacting the same uh, countermeasures against the bad actors uh, to make sure that they're not vulnerable to these attacks. And so uh, these low tech methods that we're talking about, again, are super effective against uh, attacks. If you think about this for a moment, 
uh, Shirley, you mentioned the Internet of Things a moment ago. Well, we're yeah. quickly uh, moving into what's called the Internet of Everything, right? Uh, yes. you know, everything is going to be connected in some way or another. And if you only look at the numbers, uh, in 2015, we had about 15 billion connected devices um, you know, uh, and, uh, around the world. Well, in 2020, five years later, today, Shirley, we have about 20 billion connected devices. Now, my South Carolina math tells me that's about a 25% a increase. But guess what, Shirley? In the next five years, in the same time period from five years ago to now, the next five years in 2025, we're going to have an estimated 60 billion connected devices. And what that is is a 300% increase from today. Wow. To wow. five years now. Now, five years ago to now, a 25% increase. From now to five years in the future, a 300% increase, Shirley. That means we are going to be in the age of the internet of everything. How do we, you know, really manage that risk? Keep it simple. Make sure that we're, again, using those robust passwords and, and uh, patching and, and making sure that uh, we are absolutely using multi-factor authentication until something better comes along to uh, help us secure ourselves, Shirley. Those are the things that I advise Fortune 500, yeah. small mom and pop shops, as well as the individual. And also to make sure that you're using your devices the most effectively. I mean, I'm one of these people that turns off everything. I don't let anybody know where I am unless I have a reason for it. That's right. I mean, um, I've been using devices and I used to be a computer programmer back in some years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm not scared of the devices. I'm scared of what people do to use them against me. That That's the thing that I'm concerned with. And of course, at Call for Action, that's what we hear about mm -hmm. are people who are vulnerable in more ways than one. But now you're, you're addressing a lot of the issues and you talk about on your website um, some of the areas that people need to concern, be concerned about. One of the other things that you mentioned that I was particularly interested in is, when, is making sure that parents set up parental controls on these devices that is appropriate for the age of their child. Um, I'm happen to be on the TV monitoring board, and that's something we just got through doing, looking at ratings on TV uh, programs. And mm -hmm. of course, it goes much farther than that um, in terms of the devices and what kind of websites they can access. So are there some really fine uh, tuning that parents need to do to make sure that their kids are not visiting porn sites, for example? Yeah, I, I, again, it, it falls in the keep it simple category, just as parents for generations have been talking to their kids about looking both ways before they cross the street or uh, stranger danger uh, or, you know, making sure you uh, sift through the, the Halloween candy that you get to make sure you're not just eating anything from anyone. You know, as parents, we're used to, you know, making sure our kids are staying safe and putting them in the best possible position to be secure it should be that much more rigorous when it comes to uh, technology. Because as you know, uh, the kids of today, the teenagers, the preteens, they're digital natives. Uh, they, they don't know a world. Yeah, they're smarter than I am. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. They don't know a world without being connected. In fact, I will tell you this funny story, and this is absolute truth. Uh, you know, pre-COVID, we were visiting my my parents and my 11-year-old saw what my mom had it used to be a house phone and happened to be the one you put on the dresser and with the dials and that wasn't working, but she kept it there for nostalgia's sake. 
And my and I said to my daughter, hey, this is a phone, dial my number. She could not, she literally looked at it and had no idea what to do with it. Right? Oh gosh. <laughs> so, and so we're exactly, and so think about just a few years ago, that was probably the norm in a house. Now very right. people have home, uh, have what we call house phones, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It, yeah. it is astonishing. Let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned in to Up Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kelvin Coleman. He's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. And we're talking about the various ways that we are vulnerable to hacking, to having our personal information stolen. And I think the best advice that Kevin has given us, and it makes a lot of sense, is keep it simple. Utilize the simple tools to protect yourself, like passwords, 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 strong ones, and uh, other layers of protection that are available. It it really is um, interesting for me, having been involved in the computer world for, for many years, to see what has evolved out of all of this and to realize that sometimes the crooks are really steps ahead of us. But if you if you were telling consumers, now we've given them the advice of keeping it simple, the passwords and so on. What about the equipment itself? Are there things that you should be looking for in your equipment? Uh, probably not. Probably just buying something that's new and making sure you've got the right programs on it. Would that be the best thing? We've got a holiday gift season coming up. Is there any particular advice on that score? That's, I, I think your, your premise is correct, Shirley, in that the products are generally pretty sound these days, right? And many of the products that we're able to buy as it relates to technology gives you the opportunity to manipulate security settings, privacy settings. Um, and the first thing we tell people is when they get these devices, particularly during the holiday, the very first thing you should do uh, is look at the security settings and look at your mm-hmm. products settings. Uh, those are very important things to do. And you could do it in the very beginning. It wouldn't take that long at all. Even uh, televisions, Shirley. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've been a party pooper, again, pre-COVID, where I go to a friend's home who had a new TV and I say, hey, what's your privacy setting on your television? What's your <laughs> setting on your television? And of course, they look at me and, you know, the wide eye emoji, like, what are you talking about? And then we go to settings then we go and they see all these things like, wait a minute, my TV has been collecting all this information and and I can secure it? Yes, you can. It is a, you know, a TV is only a, a computer that has a bigger screen, right? Uh, and so we, we, we tell people to make sure that they manipulate those security settings and privacy settings as soon as they get those new devices. Well, and the other thing, too, is if they are getting devices, these personal assistants that you talk to them and give them orders and they do all kinds of things for you, I recommend to people that they keep them turned off. Uh, except when they want to use them. And of course, that takes away the attractiveness of it. Do you have better advice for consumers who are getting personal assistance? Well, uh, I, your, your uh, call for action uh, you know, audience may be a bit disappointed in me, but when I say that, we have a few people on our board that produce those uh, conversational platforms. So I'm not going to be too critical of them. Other no, than I'm this- not being critical. I'm not being critical. I think they can be very handy. But what I want to know is how do consumers protect themselves from having something strange happen, like that happened to a friend of mine who didn't know it, but she got a box of hand lotion showing up on her front door, and she was told that it had been ordered through her personal assistant. Yeah, you know, you have situations like that, Shirley, and I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but even those personal assistants, but especially those personal assistants, those conversational platforms, again, 
they have security settings and they have privacy settings. And if you're if you if you don't have uh, if you don't have those things enabled, then yes, you can have situations like what happened to your friend, um, you know, happen uh, on a regular basis. I'll give you another example. A report came out for the FBI just yesterday about uh, the ring, uh, door ring video systems uh, that people were hacking into and mm-hmm. calling the police and, and, and you know, calling it a maneuver that's called swatting, right? And, and right, that's right team in there and people get injured and there's no crime going on at all exactly that's exactly the criminal right. is the one that called in that order yeah to the that's police exactly right yeah. yeah and not even necessarily for monetary gain right Shirley it's to it's viciousness know, sometimes it's, yeah that's, that's it that's a perfect word it's just a, a vicious uh move and so uh there again it's boring it, it, it it's maybe not the most exciting things but security settings privacy settings. The the last example I'll give you, Shirley, is, is how, you know, these days, even before COVID, if you wanted to, you know, stop or, or slow down the spread of flu or and cold, what you tell people to cough into their elbows and, and make sure that they're, um, you know, washing their hands. These are not terribly exciting suggestions, right? They're not sexy at all, but very, very effective. In the same well, that's way, the thing that we want is effective, Calvin. That's, that's, that's it. And in the same way, you know, passwords, patching, multi-factor authentication, making sure when you get a new device that you look at those things, uh, very effective, Shirley. And go online and see what what the advice is, even from the manufacturer about using it and setting up your privacy uh, your privacy screens and what you need to do. So, you know, I mean, I think we're, we get to the point where anymore where we just plug it in and use it. Uh, that's not a good idea. That's you right. need to know what, it, what it's doing and, and how it's doing it. Um, Kelvin, I know that you publish, you publish a newsletter. Can people subscribe to that newsletter through your website? Absolutely, uh, Shirley. They can go to staysafeonline.org. Um, not only the newsletter, we have a, a number, a plethora of resources and, and tools there for them to use at no cost, by the way, uh, Shirley. And, and so if a local community group in Topeka, Kansas or uh, Lansing, Michigan would want to uh, talk to their members about cybersecurity, they can go to our website, download some of that material and put their organization's name on it. Uh, you know, it's vetted yes. material. It's great material from, you know, our board members and the government uh, that who we work with. And so, yeah, they can go to staysafeonline.org for the newsletter, as well as many, many other uh, resources and tools. Yeah, and I, I think you all do it. You're doing a great job and you're reaching some of the areas that, uh, particularly for small businesses, as you know, I'm a champion of small businesses mm-hmm. and um, really appreciate what you're doing in that score. Any, We've got about a minute here. Any last minute thought? I know, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curveball here and say, yeah. uh, you know, make sure you're, you're, you know, developing partnerships too. I think that's very important, Shirley. As we look at technology, we're talking about products, we're talking about processes, and we're talking about people, the human factor. And I think mm-hmm. this, this conversation today with the National Cybersecurity Alliance and, and call for action with Kelvin and with Shirley uh, it's just such a great message to say, we have to talk to each other, we have to partner, and we have to share these resources so that we all can uh, you know, uh, be more secure uh, together. So I really appreciate the opportunity to That's be on. Great. That's great advice, Kelvin, and it's lovely to have you on, and we'll have to do this again um, when we get to the point where we can actually meet in person. But this, right, it's okay. 
Yes. Yeah. We've been talking to Kelvin Coleman, who's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Their website is staysafeonline.org. They have some great information there. They also publish a, a monthly newsletter, so check it out, folks. And this is Shirley Rooker right here on Federal News Network, calling, telling you to call me or contact me at Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.